some footnotes that he shared with me. Um, Lord knows I'm going to try to stand here, Brother Pastor, and not move around. That's my attempt, right? But he wants to talk to us today. If you got your Bibles, I'm going to tell you what the Lord has laid on my heart, and I've shared this message with the body up or down in North Carolina. Uh, I'm not from North Carolina. I am from here, Detroit, Michigan, born, raised, right, homegrown in the city. Um, Many years ago, uh, we were led to go to North Carolina, you know, for ministry via channel of a job opportunity. Right, and so that's where we are now. We come back up every now and then, and so we thank God for that. For those of you who don't know me, let me give a real quick intro. Um, as Pastor said, I'm known as to him as the elder, and that's correct. I am, right? Uh, but I'm called of God to to be His servant. You know, operating in the office of the prophet, right? I don't take that lightly. Let me just put some disclaimers out there. Don't come to me asking for a word if you don't really want to hear it. But that's not how I operate. I'm not your 911. I'm not your psychic. I'm not any of that. I'm a servant of the Most High God. And when God gives me a word for you, believe me, you'll get it. But if you don't have one, you ain't going to get one. But let me tell you where, if you want a word from, from the Lord, let me tell you where you can always get a word from the Lord. In this thing right here, this Bible, you know, people say, oh, I need a word from the Lord. Well, that tells me a lot. Right off the bat. Because if you seek in a word, that means you haven't been in the word. God will speak to you right where you at through his inspired word. The Lord says all scripture, not some, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. God inspired people to write it. So if you want a word from him, you can. this is the first place you should go. Lord, I need to hear from you. Get in his word. Because guess what? His word is him. So if you get in him, he'll get in you. And I guarantee you, if that happens, y'all going to have a real good conversation. Now, let me say this. That conversation may not appeal to you the way you thought. But I guarantee you, you will have a conversation with him. If you want to hear what he has to say about you. Not about somebody else. Oh, Randy, just get on my nerves, Lord. Well, this ain't about Randy. This is about you right now. Amen? So if y'all want to hear a word from the Lord, get in this word. But that's who I am. Uh, You know, I've been in ministry (laughs) before the foundations of the world, but just manifested now for a little bit over 33 years. (laughs) Right? And one would say, do you enjoy it? It has its moments. (laughs) It has its moments. It has its moments. When you're committed and convicted to do what God says do, joy is an interesting word. It has its moments. The prophet Jeremiah had a moment. Every time he spoke the word of the Lord, something, as he processed it, bad happened. So he said, I'm not going to preach your word no more. That's a conversation. (laughs) 
But then after he processed what he said, and I, I can see in the spirit what the Holy Spirit say, are you sure you want to go down this road? <laughs> and then he said, but I cannot preach it because it's like fire. Shut up in my bones. So when you're in ministry, you will have some situations where you can think about the alternative, but it should only be in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, until you come back to the reality of, if I leave this, what's better? Oh, this is hard work. Well, the way of the transgressor is harder. Amen? I just want to get some footnotes out of the way. It's good to see y'all. I had lunch with Geraldine yesterday. That's why I was the, the businessman. I got to find his hours, make an appointment. When you, whenever you got to make an appointment with your own brother to see, right? <laughs> right? It's like, man, what's your schedule? And then, you know, my sister, bless her heart, she came out. Uh, so it's good to see them. Um, The first thing God wants me to share with you, we're going to be talking about a prophetic awakening. A prophetic awakening. And here is the warning. I am disturbed, saith the Lord. That's what God is saying to us today. He's disturbed. He's disturbed. Yeah, God gets disturbed. When he looks at his people, when he looks at his children, when he looks at his body, when he looks at his church, and he says, you've been at this so long, I expected you to be here, but you're there. With all the gifts, with all the word, with all the facts that you've gotten, God expects us to be a lot further along. Let me bring it home. Your children, you feed them when they're out of the womb fresh, and you nurture them up. You give them substance so they can grow, so they can mature, so they can become intelligent, so they can become wise, so they can know the difference between right and wrong. You set a moral compass in their minds, in their hearts, in their spirits, and you have an expectation that when they turn a certain age, they don't portray a younger age. The Apostle Paul said, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I act like a child. I understood as a child. He said, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. If you see your children are not progressing the way you expect them because of what you put in them, you will become disturbed. And if you don't, you don't really have their heart at mind. When God looks at us and he's filled us with the power of his spirit, given us the gift of the Holy Ghost, he has an expectation. And when Paul said, when I became a man, what Paul was saying, not gender, he said, when I became mature, I put away childish things. 
There's things we used to play with. Uh huh. We shouldn't be playing with anymore. The word of the Lord says the wages of sin is death. We shouldn't be playing with sin anymore. Doesn't matter to me how quiet or loud you are. The word of the Lord is going to reach you. So that's what he wants me to talk to. That's why he sent me here today. Thank God for the priest of this house, my friend. And his wife, the Duchess. I know. I heard somebody say, well, who's the Duchess? That's okay. A prophetic awakening. I'm disturbed. And guess what? When the Lord is disturbed, I'm disturbed. Because of the gravity and severity of his heart. When my father's heart is disturbed, my heart is disturbed. You may ask why, because I am a man after God's own heart. I don't just want to know him. I want to understand him. I want to understand the depths of his greatness, his love. I want to understand the fulfillment of his glory that he ordained for me before the foundations of the world. If I have to go Michaelis, I'll go Michaelis. Just some footnotes. Number one, he, 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 he told me to encourage you to hold fast. Hold fast. Number one, to the profession of your faith. You have professed a good profession. Hold fast because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If it's precious to you as it is to God, because without faith you can't please him. He wants to take it. Hold fast. Hold fast to the crown that he has laid up for you. Hold fast. Hold fast to the ground that he has placed you on. Don't give place to the enemy. You have to be sensitive and high discerning of who you let in your space. Can't let everybody in. I don't care how much of a friend you think they are. Jesus didn't let everybody into his circle. He was very selective. Some of y'all just opening the door to everybody and anybody and everything and anything. And God said, shut the door. He said, you're like a revolving door. One minute you say no, and then that enemy crawls up, whispers in your ear, and you turn your no to yes. Then after it happens, you want to go no again. God says a double-minded man cannot receive anything from him. 
You just like a wave in the wind, tossed. That you have instability, which God is calling for in these, these, these last days. You got to be like a tree planted by the rivers. The significance of a tree planted by the waters is your roots go deep, long, and thick. Winds of adversity come, you ain't quickly removed from where you've been planted. I may need a new mic, Brother Pastor. Well, this is the Duchess mic, so y'all got to fix the Duchess mic. Because if I'm going through that, we don't want her to go through that. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. This is much better. I got the Pastor's mic. I know this right. <laughs> Praise God. Hold fast. Because the shaking, God says, continues. Check your connection and stay locked into me is what he's saying. How many know when you plug a light in, if the thing ain't all the way in the socket, you will see the light flicker because it's getting intermediate power. It ain't continuous power. Uh-huh. He just found some of y'all. You got to plug all the way in and stay locked in. Lord's talking to some of y'all today because you didn't disconnect it. And he wants you reconnected. He says, there's a condition throughout my whole body. God says there's a condition throughout his whole body. Listen to this. Each member connected should feel the heart of the other. If we're truly one body, we should be connected to each other spiritually, filling the heart of each other in oneness because guess what? It's God's heart that we should have in each and every one of us. If we don't have the heart of God, we are following our own heart. And we can't love the way God wants us to love. How do I know that? Because he tells me that. He says two key things. I am love and love is me. You can't love him without him. Process that. You cannot love God without him. And without him, you can't love him. I got to let that one soak in because I got to soak it in too. God is love. That's what it says in 1 John. God is love and love is God. There's a reason why Jesus said love. Because when we get into the depths of love, not lust, not physical desire love, but the agape love. 
the heart of God love. Meaning it's not even close to conditional love. We got to love in spite of it. I know it's a work. Love your enemies. How in the world are you going to love somebody that nailed you on a rugged cross? How are you going to do that? How are you going to love somebody that just spoke ill of you, talked about you, defamed your reputation? How are you going to love somebody that lied on you, that cheated on you? Uh-huh. How are you going to love them? You got to have God's heart. Uh, we got to have his heart if we're going to overcome. And how do I get his heart? By getting his word. Thy word have I hid. Where? In my heart. Ah. There's a oneness that we're missing. There's a oneness that's missing in families. There's a oneness that's missing in the body of Christ. Call it the churches. There's a oneness that's missing. My wife and I, our hearts just drop. You ride down the cities and the streets of Detroit, and you see a church here, a church there, a church here, a church there, but the communities are messed up. Why? Because there's no oneness in that physical building. Five different ministries within a two-block radius, and they don't even talk to one another. And we call ourselves the family of God. Even in families, there's discord. Somebody's got to step up and say, we need love. We need to lay down all this mess and pick up the heart of God. It's a work. But somebody's got to step up. God looked and he said, I'm looking for somebody that can make up the head. Somebody that can be the pillar. God looks for oneness. I don't know what we look for. But there's oneness missing in the body of Christ. And if it's missing in the body... It's missing in the community. It's missing in the families. It's missing in the nations. It's missing in the world. It's missing in the earth. But he says, you are the redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. God ministered to me last time I shared some aspects of this message. <laughs> he said, here's what's happening. That's why we need a prophetic awakening. Here's what's happening. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bears rule, the people mourn. God says, son, when we sleep, when my people sleep, that's when the enemy rise. Wickedness rise. But the pastor and I was talking before I came up here. And he was like, Elder, they got weed stations, dope, cannabis, marijuana, however you want to call it. Planet all around this place. 
because they quote unquote legalize it. With the caveat, oh, it's to help your medical condition? The devil is a liar. That same subtlety that he's used in the day, he used in the garden. The same subtlety, the same deceitfulness that he used in the day, he used way back on Eve. He didn't use it on Adam. He used it on Eve. Adam willfully did it. <laughs> God wants you to stir up your gift that's in you. Yeah, it's in you. In the book of John chapter 1, it says, And this is the light that lighteth all men. All men that cometh into the world. The light of God is in you. But here's what's happening. You're allowing darkness to suppress it. The light is there. How many know if you start turning the lights out and let dark come in here? It's going, and the Bible says in Isaiah 60, gross darkness has come. Gross, gross darkness has come upon the people. I had to try to see that prophet Al in the spirit. Think about darkness and then think about gross darkness. That's like almost, it's so dark you can feel it. How many ever felt darkness before? Exactly. It's gross darkness, meaning, can you imagine it being so dark, you can't even see your own hand? That means your mind is dark. Your eyes are dark. Your thoughts are dark. Your ways are dark. Your entire being is dark. Gross darkness. So we got to stir up the gifts. <laughs> Amen? Let me give some other footnotes here. So we can understand why God is disturbed. And why he's sending this prophetic awakening. Brother Greaves, you can pull up Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5. We're going to go there. Then we're going to go to 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2. How many had to travel here on the freeway to get here? That means there were some signs that you had to either learn or know to make sure you got off at the right place. Uh-huh, process that. But guess what? If you ain't paying attention to the signs or if you're distracted from the signs, you going to say it again? You're going to be lost. You're going to miss your exit. I know, Pastor, there's a message there. I'm going to preach it. We got to know the signs of the times because guess what? I know the exit. Amen, amen, <laughs> amen. I know 
the way out of this life. Uh-huh. That's your exit. His name is J-E-S-U-S. That's your exit. But if you ain't paying attention to the signs, when that exit show up, you're going to miss it. You can't get off at another exit and get to this place. You got to get off at the right exit. And if you miss it, you can't take an alternative. Because you say, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. You ain't getting to the Father except you get off at this exit. Does that make simple sense? First Thessalonians chapter 5. Y'all better talk to me. You there? But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Of the times and the seasons. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says this. To everything there is a season. In a time to every purpose under the heaven. You got to know the time and the season. They're mutually inclusive, but they're also mutually exclusive. Because if you don't pay attention to the time, the season's going to come upon you and you ain't going to know it. Or you get in the season, you don't know what time it is. And you have the audacity where it's winter time or it's summer time. Yeah, you in the summer and you say it's summer time, but specifically in that summer, what time is it? But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. What Paul was saying was, I've already told you about this before. You should know this <laughs> but I'm writing on to you because maybe you wasn't paying attention maybe you forgot maybe you didn't give the more earnest heed to the things you heard and you let them slip how many's ever had a thought you didn't write it down and it slipped like Lord what was that thought say uh-huh see you didn't write it down when I told you to write it down Right? For ye yourselves know perfectly. There is no ambiguity here. There's no doubt here. There's no absence of clarity. What the Apostle Paul was saying, I'm reinforcing what I know you know. In case you don't think you know it, it's in you. The clock is in you. For ye yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Yeah. Talk to you a little bit about what a thief does. In the daytime, he's checking you out. He's strategizing. He's watching you. He's monitoring your 
behaviors. <laughs> Seeing what you do, when you do it, how you do it, and more importantly, the things you should do that you don't. Like, okay, you ain't locking that door on the back every night. Oh, you're just going through the side door. You don't use the front. He is watching you. And you don't even know it. You just casually going around, oh, you know, what's the word? Blase, blase. Yeah, I'm out of the world. But I still remember some things because I got to sometimes connect to you where you're at. Right? Just blase fair. Just, just without any direction. Just doing it because you think it's okay. The thief is watching you. He hears what you're hearing today. And he's going to watch and see what you do with it or not do with it. I guarantee you that. Some of y'all going to leave up out of here and forget what the Lord told you. Because the enemy going to snatch it. You got to guard that seed. That's what God is disturbed about. He put stuff in us and we just casually take it to heart and let it slip. Stony ground. You ain't even letting it penetrate. You're just all excited. Weeds, you get caught up in the world and it choke the word out of you. Hanging out in the wrong place, the wrong people, the wrong time, the wrong everything. Fall by the wayside. How many know you got to protect what God gives you? Amen. Just let it fall by the wayside. Oh, I got to go back and get that word. That word gone. Because you let it fall by the wayside. How many ever lost something and then you try to go back to the place you thought it was and somebody else then picked it up and it ain't there no more? And then you go ask people, you see my wallet? They don't even know you. It was a red wallet. And think about this. If that's the thief that took your wallet, do you really think that thief going to say, here it is? They're going to be like, I ain't seen no red wallet. And they got it in their back pocket. Uh-huh, I know we've been there. I know I have. Let it fall by the wayside. But then God said, you got to let this thing germinate. You got to let it fall on good ground. Lord, come break up our follow ground and rain righteousness upon us. God's got to break up our heart before he can plant. Uh, glory to God. It's good to be broken by God. So he can plant his word, his seed in us, and let it grow. So the thief coming like a, the day going to come like a thief in the night. For when they shall say what? <laughs> See, I, I know when y'all, where y'all at, because I'll ask a question and nobody answers. That tells me either A, you're just sitting there listening to me, expecting something. B, you don't have your Bible open. C, you don't have a Bible, right? Or D, you're just not paying attention. 
So when they shall say peace and safety, then what? And here's the thing. Here's the indictment. It's right up here. You wonder why God's disturbed? Because of this simple stuff. Well, I ain't going to listen to do what that preacher say, dude. That's why you're missing it, because it ain't me telling you to do it. It's him. And if you ain't going to be obedient to him, you ain't going to be obedient to nobody. Okay? So y'all got to see the word, read the word to get the word. Faith coming by hearing. I 100% agree with that. But he didn't stop there, did he? Faith coming by hearing. And hearing by what? The word. Right? And how can they hear without a? So some of y'all need a preacher to hear. That's why I'm here. And I didn't just show up because how can I preach except what? I was sent. How many have a mailbox? I should see every, well, I'm going to say every hand because some of the children are like, well, my parents got it, so you got it too. And y'all know how the mail get in y'all box? Huh? It was sent. How does it get in the box? The mailman puts it in your box. It's like, he don't call it out the way they used to. Mail for Pastor Vic. That's military. <laughs> he puts it in your box and take on down to the next mailbox. Am I right? But here's what you do. You go grab the, the mail out of the box. You open it up. You don't like what it says. You go chasing the mailman. Why you leave this in my box? I don't agree with this. He says, ma'am, sir, I'm just the messenger. I'm just making sure you get the mail that was sent to you. If you got a problem with it, go talk to the person that sent it to you. But I'm just delivering it. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh to them as travail upon a woman with child. And they shall not escape. Now, I, I can't identify that travail upon a woman with child. But I got a wife that can tell me about it. Amen? Amen? But ye, brethren, are not in darkness. Look at somebody and say, I'm not in darkness. That, that they should overtake you. Notice it didn't say come upon you. It says overtake you. There's things that can come upon you. But when they overtake you, that's a different context. Because in the book of Deuteronomy, the Lord talked about these blessings. He said, not only will they come upon you, but they will over, you will be consumed by them, saturated by them, suffocated by them. You'll be so immersed in the blessings of God, you'll lose consciousness. And I'm okay with that. But think about this one. If that darkness overtakes you, not just come upon you, but overtakes you, it's going to consume you. That's that gross darkness. Ye are the children of the what? 
light and children of the what? Day. You know why God says you're children of the day? Because we're supposed to be watching. And not sleeping. I must work the works of him while it is what? Day. For night cometh and no man can work. Oh, glory to God. We're supposed to be watching. Watching who? The enemy that's watching others. To be able to do what? Sound the alarm when we see the enemy coming into the camp. You can't see the enemy coming when you sleep. Oh, he's speaking to you today. I'm disturbed. And I'm trying to send a prophetic awakening into your spirit to get you to wake up. We are not children of the night. We're children of the day. We're children of the light. We are what? The light of the world. Why? Because we need to let the world know the day of Christ is coming. If we see it. But if we sleep, we don't see it. And we're just as lost as they are. That's why God is disturbed. Who's watching the hen house? Who's letting the hens know the wolf is around the perimeter? That's what Paul said in the book of Acts. I'm going up. I don't even take my life, count my life dear unto myself. But here's one thing you do need to know. When I leave, the wolves going to try to come. They're going to try to come in. Some of y'all have let the wolves into your hen house. And they ruffling feathers all over the place. <sighs> Therefore, verse 6, let us not what? God is sending an awakening into his body because he's disturbed. We are supposed to be shining. We are supposed to be making a difference. We are supposed to be out and about. But you know what? We come up in here, we get fat. And then we only witness to them that's already saved. Brother, we got it going on in church today. He ain't the one that needs to know that. I'm disturbed. And I'm sending this warning to let you know I'm disturbed because I'm shaking heaven. I'm shaking earth. Prophet Al was talking about him and I talked about it just the other day. Y'all been hearing these thunders and these poundings and y'all thinking it's just the astrologers doing something up and I'm letting y'all know God is pounding heaven. God is pounding the earth. He's shaking it. And one of the reasons he's shaking it, he wants to see who's locked in and who isn't. He said, whatever my father has not planted, it's going to be plucked up. 
Winds of adversity blowing against the house. Houses built on sand will not stand. If your house ain't built on a solid foundation, the chief cornerstone, the tried stone, the rock in a weary land. He took my feet out of the Maori clay and placed them on a rock to stay. I don't know what you're building your house on, but I know this. The, the, the Lord says, except I build the house. Except I keep the city. He ain't giving that to nobody else. Because what he's saying is, except I do it, it ain't going to stand. He said, upon this rock, I will build you. Revelation knowledge, transformational word. He wasn't talking about Peter. Peter sobbed. He lied. I'm never going to deny you. Jesus said, Peter, it ain't in you yet not to. I never deny you. Some of y'all in here has had some similar conversations. Lord, if you get me out of this, I'll serve you the rest of my life. You're lying. You lied. He got you out because of his mercy, not because of what you asked or what you lied about. I'll never deny it. He said, listen, Peter, you're a good man, but before the cock crowed, you're going to do this three times. Three times you're going to lie. God know what you're going to do before you do it. God know your thoughts before they even come. And you know what? He gives you a heads up and you still miss it. Therefore, let us not <laughs> as do others, but let us, huh? And be what? So what's the opposite of watching and being sober? Sleep and being drunk. That's a deadly combination. You drunk and you sleep. Now, I know this, and I've been there. <laughs> That's to know where I'm going. It's just a testimony. I have been drunk, not recently, just so y'all know, and sleep without being in the bed. I'm going to let y'all process that because y'all saying, how can you be drunk and then lay in the bed sleep? That ain't what he's saying. He's saying, you're drunk with your eyes open and you sleep because you don't know what's going on. So you drunk and you sleep. Now to the extreme, you got people, I've seen them, they drunk and physically sleep, but they hear you and they try to talk to you while they sleep. <laughs> people go up there the thief go up there and try to the drunk man laying there minding his own business bro and somebody gonna try to go in his pocket see if he got money you better get out of my pocket he's sleeping drunk but he know you in it 
He know you in his pocket if nothing else. If a drunk man has that type of awareness, how much more should we? Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Quickly, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Ah, Lord, thank you. A prophetic awakening. It's a warning. The Lord says he's disturbed. Now, you can take chastisement and love. Or you take it as criticality and leave. The choice is yours. But he's chasing them that he loves. The word of the Lord says, Happy is the man in whom God correcteth. When God correct me, I'm happy. Because you know what? If he doesn't, I'm in real big trouble. So be happy. Look at somebody say, Are you happy? Be curious of what the answer is, but I'm gonna leave that alone. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one. Say amen if you're there. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ. Is at hand. Notice the time and the season in which Paul delivered this message to the body, the church at Thessalonica. The timing was many, many centuries ago. And he said the day of Christ was at hand then. Because he's seen the condition. He's seen the signs. He's seen the times. Fast forward, 2023. Now is your salvation nearer than when you first believed. If you believed two years ago, your salvation and your exit is nearer now than then. Are y'all hearing what he's trying to tell you? All that time and season back then. He's still saying the same thing today. Many of the charges that he's given me. Is number one. Ready my people. That's what I'm here to do. I'm sounding the alarm. Blowing the trumpet. Letting you know the day of Christ is at hand. It ain't coming, it's now. He said, I'm going to come as what? A thief. So if you awake and you ain't watching while it's day, and he catch you sleeping. The book of Ecclesiastes said, whatever state he catch you in, that's the state he going to judge you in. When you're in fornication, when you're in adultery, when you're in wickedness, you sleep. Yeah. 
Whatever state he catch you in, that's the state he's going to judge you in. I don't care how many years you've had of righteousness. Just fall asleep at the wrong time. You find yourself waking up like the rich ruler. Hey, Lazarus, why aren't you over here? Because you fell asleep. I didn't. Don't be soon shaken in mind, nor trouble. What is he saying here? Be steadfast. Be subtle. Be stable. The word of the Lord says that knowledge and stability is what's required in these last days. Stability. Not vacillating all over the place. One day you're up, next day you're down. Now, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. But you got to have some linearity in your mindset. A lot of things you ask God for, you're going through because how bad do you want it? Going through things God ordained and you're thinking it's the devil. I'm here to wake you up today. You ask God for something, he's proven you. He said, prove what? All things. I was studying the book of Genesis. I ain't going to go too deep, Lord. I'm just going to give him this tidbit. Let him chew on it. He proved Adam. He formed Adam out of the dust of the earth, but he created man in his image. Y'all missed that one. (laughs) Go back and look at it. Mankind, he created in his image after his likeness. He gave him dominion. But then he formed Adam to till the ground. Put him in the garden. Gave him very explicit instruction, prophet. You can do all this, just not this. Obedience is what God requires. He proved Adam. Search it out. Search the scriptures. He proved him. Because I asked him, like, Lord, why did you put him there? You didn't put none of what you had just created in the garden except one man. He said, I put him there to prove him. To see if he could rule my people. That was the first Adam, which was really the last Adam. I ain't going to go there because I I, I may lose some of y'all. Notice what he says. Don't be soon shaken in mind nor troubled, neither by what? Spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. How many know that deception is at an all-time high and truth is down here? Well, hold on a second. How can truth be lower than deception? Because the people that are truth bearers aren't speaking the truth they speak in everything but the truth but everything else but the truth can't set you free be careful with these houses you're going up into 
Oh, the man of God really preached. What did he preach? I don't know, but it was good. He got to your emotions. He gave you that fleshly facade. As Jesus said it, he spoke great swelling words. He got your person to admire him because of advantage. You ain't studying the word. How you going to know the word when it comes, when it speaks? I use this analogy and metaphor. Pastor is a massive metaphor, so I'm going to stick with analogy. The people that make the currency, the money, this is a rhetorical question. Do you really think they study counterfeit all day, or do you think they look at the real stuff all day? Rhetorical question. I would rather look at the real stuff all day so when counterfeit came, I can spot it. But here's the warning from God. If you're looking at counterfeit all the time, when the truth comes, you ain't going to know it. And that's where some of the people in the body are at. Well, Muslims, they say this, and the, the Jehovah, I'm a Jehovah witness. I'm going to leave that there for a minute, Brother Pastor, because they like. So do y'all not know that the Almighty God, his name is Jehovah? You know what Jehovah means? Good. It means all existent one. He sustains himself by himself. He don't need nobody else. That's what Jehovah means. So I'm standing here telling you, in that context, I'm a witness for the Almighty God. <laughs> See, y'all immediately associated me with that other cult. Didn't y'all? No? Okay. All right, good. I didn't hear notes from everybody, so I'm going to leave that alone. We're going to move on. I'm here to warn you. I'm here to awaken you. That this stuff, this mess is out there. Yes, it is. And if it knocks on your door, you can't control that. But what you do control is what you let in to your house. Yes. Everybody can knock on your door. And you can answer it. But if you don't ask the right questions, you may find yourself letting some in that ain't supposed to be in. When an unclean spirit has gone out of a mind, out of a man, the word says it walketh in dry places, seeking rest and don't find any. But then it says, you know what? I'm going to go back to that place I came out of just to check it out. How many know a thief will always come back to check out if what they found is still present? If you're still doing the same bad behavior says his unclean spirit came back and found the place all cleaned up, swept and garnished. But what it didn't speak to was who was watching the house. So he said he found it all swept, clean and garnished. And because nobody was watching, nobody was on the post, nobody was guarding the entryway, 
Not only did that unclean spirit come in, but it said it brought seven more demons more wicked than himself. In the latter state of that man, talking about the house, it was a man. Your body was worse than the first. God is trying to awaken us. Don't let no man deceive you by any means, for the day shall not. Here's the key. That day, what day are we talking about? The day of Christ. Come on, church. That day shall not come except there come a what? He's not talking about the world falling away because you can't fall away from something you've never been attached to. You can't fall away from something you've never been connected to. You can't fall from a place when you've never been up top. So the falling away is talking about the body of Christ. We see that happening. We see the absence of urgency. We see the absence of severity. We see the absence of gravity. We see the absence of thirsting and hungering for the Lord. Zion, Zion, what's the matter now? You don't praise me the way you used to praise me. You don't pray to me the way you used to pray to me. You don't run to my house the way you used to run to my house. You don't dig into my word the way you used to dig into my word. You don't separate yourself anymore the way you used to separate yourself. You got to wake out of sleep. I'm disturbed. I'm disturbed. I send my servant here today to reconcile with you. To be an ambassador. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men to be at peace with Christ. Be reconciled to God. Christ was, is, the repair of the breach. God said there's been a breach. And I sent my son to grab a hold of you, to grab a hold of me, and bring us to a crossroads to repair the breach between you and me, to repair the breach between my spirit and your spirit. He's a repairer of the breach. Our spirits, our souls were breached because of disobedience. And disobedience is still progressing. And we're acting like nothing's happening. We have work to do. Except there come a falling away what? first God anticipates this because everybody that say Lord Lord ain't coming in have I not done these great works in your name have I not cast out devils in your name have I not done mighty miracles 
in your name. He's going to confess something to them. I know you not. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. People are doing work for the Lord, but they're not doing the Lord's work. You got to do the Lord's work because your work in your sight is stink in his nostrils. Your self-righteous piety attitude. I'm holier than thou. You ain't even holy, number one. And they that compare themselves amongst themselves is not wise. Because he said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I'm encouraged by the words of my brother, Apostle Paul. He says, leaving those things behind me. I'm looking to those things that are before me. And so knowing that, I'm pressing. I'm oppressed. I heard the Duchess said earlier, God sometimes got to scorch you with a hot iron to get some of those wrinkles out of you. Still got wrinkles. God got to put that Holy Ghost heat on you. Put that rod of correction on you. Prophetic awakening. If we consider all that's happening in the world full of chaos, the church confused. Confused. Church ain't confused. The church is confused. You can argue with God. He said it's confused. It's confused. How do I know it's confused? Because we're not saying the same thing. We're not in the same mind. We're not standing in the same judgment. Well, I'm a Baptist. Well, I'm a Pentecostal. Well, I'm a Methodist. Well, I'm a Presbyterian. Well, I'm a Catholic. All these different denominations. That's confusing. But if we can come to the understanding that forget the denomination is all currency, we would be in oneness. How many got a $20 bill in their pocket? Praise the Lord. One brother raised his hand. Everybody else checking their pocket to see if they got money. He got a 20. I know in my wallet I got a $1 bill. He could, I'm not saying he's doing this, but theoretically in his mind what he's saying, I got more than you. Right? But here's the thing. Actually, he don't because here's the key. It takes 20 of my ones for him to have a 20. He can't be a 20 without a 1. All members, same body. But we want to exalt ourselves above each other. Well, I'm an eye. Okay, well, I'm a hand. What's the significance? You can see, but you can't touch. You need me to have sensitivity. To Church confused. My house. Divided. Yeah, it's divided. 
You know, when I was sitting over here, the Lord told me to take a casual look. And I know this brother passed in Duchess without you even telling me. Some people have a seat that every time they come, that's where they go. Now, I could, and on occasion have, asked everybody to get up and come here. You should see the resistance when I do Why well, I got to come up front? Number one, because he asked you to. Number two, because he asked you to. It's about obedience. You get so caught up in your comfort zone, so caught up in convenience, it creates complacency. Probably put a blindfold on you and let you through the door. You would navigate to that chair without even... God will shake your world because you're too programmatic. I can talk a little bit about her now because she's not here, Duchess. It's not a bad thing. Oh, you're going to call her? That's what you just said? That's fine. <laughs> she won't deny what I'm about to say because it's the truth. And I've had conversations with her about it. All right? My wife, love her, says she'll, every morning almost, she'll come downstairs, go to the front door, open it to see how the weather is, close the door, then go back upstairs and get ready. I told her, I said, one day I'm going to move that front door <laughs> and see what you do. That's what the Lord will do. He'll move things to break that mold in your mind. Just so routine, so predictable. The thief loves it when you're predictable. The devil loves it when he can predict things about you. But he couldn't do that with Jesus when he went in the wilderness. He had to ask some questions. He said, listen, I've been watching you. you you're a little different than what I've seen. He said, now, and this is how I do us today. He said, if you be the son of God, do this. So I can have reference. That's all he want to do. That's why the Lord just told us earlier today. Don't get placed to him. You ain't got to prove anything to the enemy. When you know who you are, you ain't got to prove nothing to nobody. Amen. Uh, watch this. Uh-huh. God said, you're on your own. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, so they can know who I am, turn this water into wine like Jesus did. I say, you on your own. I already did that one. What's next? <laughs> I'm serious. You ain't got to prove nothing to nobody. Know who you are and everything will prove itself. Say, if you be the son of God, command these stones to be turned to bread. First of all, it ain't time for me to eat. Because I'm out here for a purpose. For at least 40 days. Right? That's number one. Number two... Man ain't going to live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, the enemy will try to trick you up. See whether you know the word, because he does. Devil don't know the word. Yeah, he does. Y'all got to understand where he was originally at. He was originally in a high place. Mm. Serapin. Praise and worship leader. 
He had so many stones in him since the Bible said when the light hit it, it just, just, just beautiful. Look in the book of Ezekiel. You'll see it. Seraphim, cherubim. I mean, he was up there. But then his mindset changed. He said, listen, I see myself above the most high. Uh-oh. I'm going to exalt myself above. How are you going to what? Exalt yourself above God. Let me give us some clarity about the heights and the depths of God. He is so high. You cannot get over him. He's so low. You can't get under him. He's so wide. You can't get around him. So to think you're going to exalt yourself anywhere is vain. But here's what the Lord says. You can look at it in the word. I don't have a problem with you being equal with me. I got a problem. You try to exalt yourself above me. Turn to the book of Psalms 82. A prophetic awakening is what God has brought in the house today because he's warning us in regards to he's disturbed. Look at somebody and say, God is disturbed. Now you're going to have to turn the other way and look at somebody because that's one person. Look at somebody else and say, God is disturbed. And because he's disturbed, he's awakening us to why he's disturbed. It's one thing about the Lord. He won't just tell you something. He'll give you reason for it. Well, Lord, why are you disturbed? He's been telling us. He's going to tell us some more. Psalms 82. When you have it, say I'm there. You can get it up, Brother Green, for those who don't like flipping pages. Psalms 82. Uh-oh. Praise the Lord. Are you there? Verse 1 says, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judges amongst the gods. God is in the midst of his people. Just know this. And he's observing and noting our behaviors and declaring his mandates of perfection, ministry work, edifying of the body of Christ, the church whom we are, to number one, transition us, move us to a place. In the book of John 14, it says, I go and prepare what? A place. That where I am in you also. And he said, if I go, guess what? I'm going to do what? I'm going to come again. That I may read what? Receive you unto myself. That where I am, you may be also. So it's a place. Right? And it's in his father's house. So he want to transition us, move us to a place. That's number one. Number two. He want to transfigure us. He wants us to look different. When his disciples went with him in the mount, the word said he was transfigured before them. They seen him in his glorified state. God wants people to see us in our glorified state. Anybody ever walk up to you and say, there's something different about you? 
I see the glory. There's just this glow about you. Because he's beautified us with the meat of salvation. He's crowned us with his glory. I don't know about you, but I'm a child of the most high God. And I tell everybody that. I'm a king. They say, you a king? I'm like, yeah, you serving royalty. My father owns this restaurant. Be messing them up. But it's the truth. If you don't declare truth about you, ain't nobody else going to declare it. And if he said you are, you look at Revelation chapter 1, right around verse 10. He said, he has made us kings and priests after his what? Own blood. So who am I to deny what he said I am? Because when you're talking to Moses, he says, so who should I tell your people that sent me? Say, tell them I am sent you. I am, yeah, I am that I am. God knows, look, that's deep. I know Brother L, he get. I am that I am. Well, well, what is that? I am. I am that I am. Well, what do you mean, I am? Because he said I am that I am. If he said I'm that, that I am. Maybe. Y'all got that? So if God said, this is what you are, your response should be what? I am that I am. I know that's hard. He's standing in the congregation of the mighty. He judges amongst the gods. So let's give context. If God is standing in the congregation of the mighty, where is he? He's in the midst of us. He's calling us the mighty. This is where we've congregated. Uh-huh. Told you he's going to build y'all church through revelation knowledge. God is dealing with us through revelation. We got to be able to see the kingdom. Except the man be born again, he cannot what? See the kingdom. You got to be able to see the kingdom. I tell people all the time, especially these preachers. I say, y'all preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, but y'all don't preach the gospel that Jesus preached. I'm going to say that again. I don't see nobody taking notes. If I was you, I'd be like, "Uh uh-huh, I got that one. See, we're going to try to remember this. We're going to walk out the door. The enemy going to snatch it. Then y'all going to be trying to call me up. Prophet, what was that word you said? I'm your mailman. I put it in your box. You need to go check your box. You think I'm going to keep track of everything God tells you? I got enough to keep track of when he tells me something. Papa, you remember that word you gave me three years ago? No, I don't. Do you? Where? Where he's inhabiting himself. We're the congregation. We're congregating. We're assembling. So he can come and feel his glory in the place where his people at. He's judging amongst the gods, us. Are we gods? Yeah. God is what? A spirit. So if I'm his child, guess what I am? I'm a child of God. 
I'm a son of God. My brother and I have the name Johnson. We're the only ones that can create another generation of Johnsons. My sister, she's a Johnson in heart, but she gave the name away because she had to take on the name of her husband. Right? Y'all follow me here. So my brother and I, we don't give away our name. We establish our name. <laughs> so my son is Isaiah Johnson. That means when you see him, you see me. Because he'll say, I'm a son of the Johnson. So when Jesus said, I'm a son of God, they took up stones. He said, hold on a second. Y'all better get this. He said, of all the good works I've done, for which of them do you stone me? They say, for a good work, we're not stoning you because of what you did. We're stoning you because of what you said. He said, you, being a man, make yourself God. And Jesus said, listen. They already told me they had to go, so don't look at them strange. Stay in the spirit. All right? He said, hold on a second. Y'all stoning me because I said I am the son of God? Guess where he took them, Prophet Al? To Psalms 82. Read this. I'm going to read all the verses, and I'm going to get there. Verse 2 says, how long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked Salah? Defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Deliver the poor and the needy. Rid them out of the hands of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. What God just did is say, okay, I'm in the midst of you. I'm telling y'all where I needed y'all to be, but where y'all not at. So I'm disturbed. This is what I've told y'all to be doing. Y'all need to be looking at the afflicted, the widows, the poor, the outcasts, but y'all not doing that. Y'all focused on one another. I need y'all to focus on them that don't know me, that them that are in the hands of the wicked. You got to snatch them out of the hands of the devil, not just watch them fall in the hands of the devil. But then after he sort of lays that out, he reminds us of what he told us. Read it. Verse 6. You ought to see how they're looking at me, brother. I am that I am. Read it again. I have said ye are what? God. I have said ye are what? God. In children of who? Who is the most high? Think about it. If you're a child of him, then as he is, so are ye. In this world. But you know what the problem is? You're getting caught up. You're looking in the mirror at your flesh. But you're not looking inwardly to your spirit man. I know this is a revelation to some of y'all, but I'm telling you, the enemy going to try to snatch I tell you, he's going to try to snatch it because he's going to say, nope, you're not that. He, he preaching an error. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you the truth. His word is right here. If I shut my mouth and let you read, it'll say the same thing. I said you're gods, children of the most high. Go to the next verse. But here's the indictment. 
But because you don't believe what I'm telling you, you're going to die like a man in the flesh because you believe you're just nothing but flesh. So that's how you're going to die. When Jesus responded to them, he said, hold on a second. You mean you're telling me you're stoning because I say I'm a son of God? The scripture he took them to was here, Psalms 92, verse 6. Bring it back up. If you go to the book of John in chapter 10, you'll see this. He had that conversation with me. He said, hold on a second. As it is written, I have, he said, as it is written, I have said ye are gods, intruding on the most high. And then Jesus said, and if the scriptures cannot be broken, Why are you stoning me? Because I said, I'm the son of God. A lot of y'all denying who you are because you don't want to deal with the stones. You don't want to deal with the repercussions that come with you professing who you really are. You would rather be conformed to the world than conformed to God. Thinking it's an easier way. But he told us in Romans 12, be not what? Conform to this world, but be what? Transform through what? The renewing of your mind. You got to think differently. Because the way you're thinking now is wrong. You're thinking human-wise. Somebody said it. You're thinking all you is is a piece of flesh. And that's where the vanity is. You get in the mirror. You spend so much time on your flesh, you ain't spending time on your spirit man. Your spirit man don't require a perm. Don't require the brushing of the. The preacher said Ecclesiastes, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. I share with people, I'm digressing into my carnality. Just for a minute, Lord. Have you ever noticed, men, that the women's room is not. Well, let me say it a different way. The women's room, they refer to it as what? The vanity room. Take the mirrors out of the women's room, you're going to have a riot. That's not an indictment. It's just the reality. Am I right? Ain't no maybe. I'm right. Honey, we got to go. I know I'm telling the truth. I got a wife. I know I'm telling the truth. And that's not a bad thing. It is what it is. God's disturbed. I've said you gods. You're my children, if you believe that. So you got to act like me, not like the world. You got to look inward and see the power that you have. You got to look inward and see the authority that I've given you. All you have to do is speak to the mountain. And it'll move. You can frame this world by your words, but you won't speak what I say speak. You analyze what I say, and then you flip it into your words. We ain't bringing him up in the house no more. That's fine. Because the last time I came, I did what I was supposed to do. That's why you don't want me up in there the next time. So I know what I did was right because you're remembering everything I said. That's why you don't want me in there no 
Y'all get that? You can have a mark on a person when you tell the truth because they won't remember nothing but that. The prophets of old, they say, we, we, look, go find us another prophet because that one there, he, he always going to tell us doom and gloom. Well, guess what? If you out of order, that's God's will to tell you destruction's coming. Well, we, we want the prophet to tell us smooth things. Well, you don't want to invite me. I ain't going to tell you smooth things. I'm going to tell you what thus saith the Lord. Now, if you interpret that as smooth, that's on you. But he wants to set order in us. How many know what a vending machine is? Okay. Some of them do. But a vending machine, it has these, like, snacks in it, right? Not really good for you, but, you know. Sometimes, how many ever went to the vending machine to get some snack? Come on, now, y'all in church. Jeez. I'm going to bring my sister up here and let her see what I see. She'll get on you, right? You ever went to that vending machine, you got snacks out of it? It satisfied an appetite, not your hunger. And you knew where the vending machine was. It was faithful. How do I know the vending machine was faithful? Because it never moved itself. It was always there. Are y'all hearing this? Have you ever went to that vending machine and you had an appetite for something in it? And you go there, you know the vending machine is there. It had a sign on it saying, out of order, just mess your day up, didn't it? You had an expectation you didn't know it was out of order until you got there. And I see some of y'all in the spirit going literally kick the machine, or pound on it to try to give it to deliver something, and it clearly says it's out of order. Watch this now. When God knows where he's supposed to find you, and he knows what's in you, and he has an appetite for something from you, and he goes, and he has an expectation, and he notices across you, you are out of order. He's concerned. Because he went there looking to fulfill his appetite. But he sees you're out of order. His objective is to get you back in order. Huh? I let y'all talk back at me every now and then, and I may answer you. But that's what he's looking for. There's three key principles that God wants you to know about. Structure. He wants to make sure you understand who you are. Order. He wants you to understand what's in you and what he expects out of you. And judgment. God is not looking to condemn us. On the contrary, judgment is a means to get us justified. Because if he don't judge you and understand and let you know where you're at, he can't justify you to allow you to have access to him. How many of you ever had to go before a judge because you speed or whatever the case? Maybe you stole something. Maybe you got caught, Right? 
I'm inclined to be with people that got caught versus those that are still doing it and ain't been caught. Because I know where the caught people at. <laughs> but if you still got a thief out there and he on the loose, that's the one you need to be concerned about, not the ones that are already locked up. Are y'all hearing me? <laughs> right? Structure, order, judgment. You go before that judge. That judge says, okay, Mr. Johnson, we understand you committed this offense. How do you plead? You know you're wrong. You know you did it. <laughs> I plead not guilty. Oh, Lord. You know you're guilty. If you plead not guilty, when you know you're wrong, you can't be justified. When you stand before the righteous judge, King Jesus, and he says, how do you plead? You better really think about the next words coming out of your mouth. The best answer is, I'm guilty. <laughs> As charged. And then what he does, sister, just like he did with the adulterous woman, he said, where are your accusers? They're gone. He said, okay, fine. They didn't condemn you. Neither do I. She was sentenced to life. He didn't condemn her. He didn't give her a death sentence. He gave her a life sentence. A life sentence. Paul said, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. I'm, I'm, who, how many serving a life sentence? I'm serving a life sentence, not a death sentence. Y'all better get this. I'm guilty as charged. And the righteous judge justified me by sentencing me to life. And I am so happy. I am so glad. Because Vada said, nope, God, you got this wrong. I ain't did nothing wrong. I, my sentence by default would be death. Brother Green, can you pull up Romans 13, 11, and then Ephesians 5, 14? And then I'm going to cut you all loose. There's a lot more here. But i got to give it to you as the Lord gives it to me. God will give you a foundation as a minister, as a preacher. He'll allow you to build a foundation. But don't think the house you're building is going to be what you give. My experience, I can't speak for yours, is the word says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a work that need not be ashamed, rightly divided in the word of truth. You get before the God because you get before God because you want to build yourself up with his heart. But then when you stand before the people, God will say, here's the heart of the people. And you deliver that because you try to stay in your lane and you try to get to your notes. The Holy Spirit just say, I'm done. 
You don't want that. Uh, Romans 13, 11, and then Ephesians 5 and 14. And the Lord want me to share this prophetic awakening with all the body, all the ministries. And so, you know, as I knock on doors, I leave it to the priest of the house whether they want to open the door. Right? Pastor Vic is my brother, my friend. He's faithful. He's sensitive. And I thank God for him and his wife and all of you. Um, but you can go to Romans 13 and 11. Thank you, brother. In that knowing the what? Time. That it is now what? Notice time and then it's high time. That's a level of urgency. To do what? To wake out of sleep. For now is nearer. You don't want to mix that exit. Because you're sleeping at the wheel. When I was living here in Detroit, <laughs> me and a buddy of mine, we was right there on Boulevard and Dexter. And it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. The guy had literally put his car in park at the light and was asleep at the steering wheel. And we blew the horn and said, man, you better wake up before Johnny Law pull up. Because <laughs> I know where he would have went. Why did I share that? Because the Lord looks at us as the people that are driving by seeing others asleep. And our tendency is, unlike the Good Samaritan, it's to just drive by because that ain't my business. Yes, it is. It is our business. You see somebody sleep, nudge them, wake them up. Say, don't you know that it's high time for you to wake up? How many use alarm clocks to get up in the morning? Hmm. How many use an alarm clock to get up this morning? How many, when you heard that alarm, hit the snooze? Did you hit it once, twice, or three times? Just once? Thank you, brother. Brother Bagdad said, I, I hit it a handful of times. <laughs> Here's why God is bringing that up. Number one, he's saying, you set the alarm to wake you up out of sleep. You set it. When it went off, you heard it. But you didn't get up. You hit the snooze. Not just once. Not just twice. Not just three times. But you set the alarm. And now it's going off. It has become an inconvenience for you. How do I know that? Because you're hitting the snooze button. You don't want to hit an alarm no more because you want to sleep. But you set it to wake you up. That's what the Lord is saying. I'm sounding the alarm. And y'all snoozing on me. And I come back and I alarm off in your spirit again. And you just turn over. 
God is shaking us. But at some point, if you don't wake up, he ain't going to wake you up. He's going to let you sleep. Like he did his disciples in the garden. He said, couldn't y'all not watch with me for an hour? He went to pray. He said, y'all stay here. Watch. He went to pray, came back. They were asleep, bro. He said, look. Alarm again. I'm going to be back again. He came back there. Didn't you know what he told him, Brother Al? Go on. Take your sleep. He's awakening us. Go to Ephesians. And then I'm going to lead us along. 514. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that what? Sleepeth. Or sleepest. There's a difference between sleep and sleepest. Like sin and sinner. Like sin and sinneth. Sleepless is it's perpetual. <laughs> sleep meaning you did it once, you woke. <laughs> I went to sleep. I woke up. Sleep is meaning you just, that's your lifestyle. You just love you some sleepless. <laughs> Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from what? The dead. Sleep will cause you to die. Book of Proverbs says this about the man. Little sleep, little slumber, little folding of the hands, so shall thy poverty come as an armed man. You know the thing about an armed man? An armed man is desperate. But God said, you sleep, slumber, and all this other stuff. When you awaken, you're going to be in a desperate mode. It's going to be too late. Like the virgins, five wise, five foolish. Five of them thought they had time. Five wives say, look, it ain't about time. It's about being ready. Amen. Time does not mean ready. God wants us ready. Amen. Five wasn't ready. They thought they could hang out. Bridegroom came, said, hey, I'm here. Five wives went in because they had their lights trimmed. Five foolish, like, can y'all give us some of your oil? It's like, it ain't happening. You're on your own. They went to get oil, came back, boom, the door was closed. They missed their exit. Rise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. How many of you have ever been sleeping? The sunlight came through your window bright. And it just woke you up because it was like bright. That's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to shine into your mind. He wants to shine into your spirit to awake you out of sleep. Amen? Prophetic awakening. This is the warning. I am disturbed. When you get a chance, look at Ezekiel chapter 33. It talks about the people setting a man of their coast to be their watchman. The watchman was set. When they seen the alarm and heard it and seen the sword coming, they warned the people. 
The Lord told me I got to go here because y'all need to see this. Go to, and then, then I'm going to turn it over to Elroy. Who is Elroy? That's DJ. All right. I have this strong tendency of giving people new names. More so I can remember them. Go to Ezekiel, brother, during, during chapter 33. Y'all there? Amen. Oh, y'all ain't there. Because I'm not there either. I'm there now. Ezekiel 33. Verse 1 says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people. And say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land, if the people of the land take a man of their coasts and set him for their watchmen, if when he see the sword come upon the land and he blow the trumpet, and what? And what? Warn the people. The trumpet is the alarm to warn the people. Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and take not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon, his, upon him. But he that taketh the warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchmen see the sword come and blow not the trumpet and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he has taken away his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. That's what he delivered to y'all today. He delivered to us today. A warning. He's disturbed. We're sleeping way too much. And we see the conditions of our sleep. The world chaos. The body confused. The church, the house divided. All the foundations of the earth are out of course because of what? Us. Not being the I am that I am. Not being the sons of of God that he's called us to be. In Romans it talks about the creation groaneth, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The whole creation is waiting for us to step up and be who God said us to be. But we're just pining away, turning on our spiritual beds, sleeping and slumbering, thinking somebody else going to make it happen. Well, I'm here to tell you today God is disturbed about that attitude. But he's given us the solution. Get in his presence. Pray fast. Watch. Prepare yourself. For the devil is like a roaring lion. Press the button. Oh, did you get it in here? He's so smart. He's like a roaring lion. Walking about looking for whom he may devour. The thief got his eye on you. The enemy's got his eye on you. He's watching you. Looking at your behaviors. Hearing 
everything you say, every testimony you make, every profession you proclaim, he's watching. He comes in seasons. He may come today, and then he may not come again for a month. But he's watching to see when you are off guard. But glory be to God, he says, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. Now, God ain't going to raise up the standard externally. Let's be clear. What he's talking about, he's going to cause the Holy Ghost to raise that word up in you when that enemy come in. That's the standard he's talking about is his word. So when that enemy come in, just like Jesus did in the wilderness, when the enemy come in, God raised up that standard against him, and he spoke the word. God knows if you cast yourself down, he gave his angels charge. They'll, 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 they'll grab you up. Jesus said, but thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. The enemy's going to tempt you. God's going to test you. Try you and prove you. So give a lot of thought to when you're going through. Because a lot of what you go through is ordained of God because he's proving you. He's got to get some stuff out of you. You're like gold. You're going through the fire because he's purifying you. He's burning. You know how when you take gold and it, it gets like super hot, everything that's not gold falls to the bottom. Or it floats to the top because it's not pure gold. God wants to burn out all impurities out of us. First John chapter 3 says, Behold what manner love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And now we are the sons of God. And it just not, does not appear what we shall be. But we do know this. That when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him needs to purify himself. Even as he is pure. God bless you on today. Thank God for all of you, Elroy. I'm going to turn it over to your hands. Give the Lord a hand, praise.